ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio on the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and on ESPN Plus. We are presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us today at Chris Carlin, at Amber W790. That means he is Chris Carlin. I am Amber Wilson. You can also join the conversation on the Canty Collin line, 1-888-SAY-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. And Chris, last night was a game. Uh, The Milwaukee Bucks ended up victorious over the Philadelphia 76ers, 118-116. to James Harden did play. James Harden actually played, played. Like, he actually contributed, <laughs> and he scored baskets. And he looked decent out there, and yet they still lost because as good as those guys looked, Giannis, Giannis looks absolutely unstoppable. He blocked what would have been a game-tying shot at the very end of the game with two seconds some left there uh, by James Harden. It was not a goal tent. It was a clean block. The game was over. The Milwaukee Bucks are rolling. But what does this mean now for the Philadelphia 76ers? Because before this game, Chris, they were sitting at 6-4 and four in the last 10 games before this ranked 18th in the league over that stretch in terms of offense. It has not been going well for the 76ers. It's big problems. It's big problems for the 76ers. I I, I would be exceptionally worried about what's going on there right now. And I I frankly don't even care that James Harden had 32. Uh, It was nice to see. And I think you put it brilliantly. James Harden put the ball in the basket. What a nice little change of pace that is recently. And, you know, for me... I look at the Sixers, and I just see an exceptionally flawed team right now. I I see a team that uh, looks like it is not ready to put together a championship-type run. And look, we all know how hard the Eastern Conference is going to be. We get that. It's the new Western Conference. But, Amber, not for a second – do I look at how it's constructed right now and feel good about it? I Not for a second do I look at James Harden right now and trust what's going on with him. How could you? Now, yeah. Harden last night, I mentioned that he actually put up points. He looked better last night than he had looked in the previous 10 games in my assessment. 32 points, 9 assists, and B added another 29 with 14 boards and 7 assists. Joel Embiid was out there doing Joel Embiid things, but Giannis was the king of the night. Uh, Giannis is Mm. unbelievable, certainly uh, has entrenched himself into that MVP conversation. We will get into that later in the show. But I'm with you. I have not been impressed by the eye test with the Philadelphia 76ers. We're talking about two superstars, their very names coming together in Joel Embiid and James Harden. We're supposed to strike fear in the entire rest of the East in the NBA. And I don't think watching them has struck fear in anybody, frankly, which has really shocked me. Yes, they've been good. You know, they've been relatively good most nights, but they're not great. And if they're not great, nobody is scared of that Philadelphia team. It's definitely not the result that the 76ers were thought that they were getting by making this trade. Still way too soon to evaluate that trade, Chris, but this does seem very problematic as we head into the postseason here for the 76ers. And, you know, I was listening to Graney this morning, 
And I think he put it brilliantly, especially when it comes to Harden. In fact, let's hear what Greeny had to say this morning when it comes to James Harden, because there is just an assumption that he's going to magically turn into the old James Harden. I've become very frustrated with the excuse making around James Harden, which is to say, I don't want to hear about a hamstring injury he had last July. I don't want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about how he's logged a lot of minutes. LeBron James has logged more minutes than anybody that ever played the sport. James Harden is not in shape. The reason James Harden is not himself is because he is not in shape. He is not the consummate pro that all these other guys are who are spending a trillion dollars on their bodies and nutrition and all the rest of that. So let's just call it what it is. I don't know why there is this hesitancy to say it. But James Harden, at the age of 32, which in the the current NBA is not old at all in sports today, 32, you're still very much in your prime. And the reason he doesn't look like he is anymore is because he is not in the level of shape that the other NBA stars are in. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment when you see James Harden look like the shape that he's in, uh, when you see how he has handled himself all throughout this, and I almost feel like we're getting to the point here, Amber, where it's congratulations, you played yourself. Because you were in an ideal situation in Brooklyn where you had two other superstars and you forced your way out of it because you weren't sure what's going on with Kyrie and you were frustrated with the fact that he wouldn't get the shot. Okay, I, I get that to a degree, but... We had to see at some point there was going to be some light at the end of the tunnel as far as some rules getting changed. So if you were worried about trying to win a championship, how about you just look in the mirror a little bit? I don't feel like there's a whole lot of looking in the mirror from James Harden. I don't think James Harden ever looks in the mirror. I mean, maybe to brush his beard, but other than that, I'm I'm not sure he's concerned about what's looking back at him because we've seen him quit on teams in the past and that didn't concern him. But what's funny about that is you heard Greeny in that clip mention the hamstring injury. And I always thought we're hamming the hammy up, so to speak, Chris Carlin, where we're doing it to get out of Brooklyn, right? And we gained the weight or put on the fat suit, whatever we did there at the end of his tenure in Houston to force his way out of Houston. I thought all along, this is James Harden doing this on purpose. So he hasn't actually lost a step. It's just that he gets disgruntled. He doesn't want to show you the best step he has. He doesn't want to put his best foot forward because he hasn't been happy the last couple stops that he's made in terms of his NBA career. Oh, it's the last three stops. Uh, This man keeps getting traded in the prime of his career. But I do wonder, now we're at a place where apparently he wants to be, where reportedly he'd always wanted to be. He's forced his way here, and now he's still absent last night has looked like he lost a step. And so I am at a point where I'm starting to think, well, maybe he wasn't hamming that hammy injury up. Maybe he wasn't just putting on the fat suit for the sake of, of forcing his way out. Maybe there are legitimate issues here, Chris, in terms of his durability. Only 32 years old. There shouldn't be issues there yet, but maybe there are. Maybe he is on the back end of his career in that regard. And so maybe we are entering a different phase here with James Harden, which would mean the 76ers traded for a guy who ain't in his prime anymore. And that is problematic, even if you have Joel Embiid on your team. Yeah, look, he... I look at his numbers. He's shooting nowhere near what he was before. And Greeny gave the number this morning that there are three players in the league 
that have attempted over 200 layups this year that are shooting under 50% for the season. Mm -hmm. And James Harden is one of those three. I mean, you know, it's funny, Amber, we could talk about Giannis last night. Giannis making the big play at the end to block Joel Embiid off the rebound. Anybody want to pay attention to the fact that that's one of the worst wide-open shots missed in the history of the NBA? Because that was pretty bad off the side of the rim from a guy who is one of the top shooters uh, in the game for a long time. A, a guy, or top, one of the top scorers, I should say, in the game for a long time. Well, and, and maybe maybe this whole idea, it, to Greeny's point when you heard in the cut earlier where he said that a lot of our narrative is just where the narrative has been. I mean, maybe he's not a top shooter any anymore. Maybe yeah. we need to get used to that idea that this just isn't the James Harden that we once knew. Or maybe, Chris Carlin, he's still doing all this because he's still trying to force things to happen. We know he's not trying to force his way out of Philadelphia. Is he trying? Trying to force a coaching change. Here was Mike Greenberg on Greeny earlier on just that very thing. There's no question what they will do. They will fire Doc and Daryl Morey will give James Harden $250 million and he will hire Mike D'Antoni to be his coach. And you will just be recreating what they did in Houston that, look, in fairness, came awfully close, awfully close in the Western Conference. Had it not been for an ill-timed injury to Chris Paul and or a just a, an absolute meltdown by Harden in a big game or two, and or Kevin Durant signing with the Golden State Warriors when they were already the best team in the league, that might have won a championship. Yeah, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, every day would be Christmas. <laughs> and it, it, he hasn't done it, and there is a common denominator to it, and it's James Harden. So, exactly how should Philadelphia fans feel right now After seeing James Harden at least score last night, are you more confident in him? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. What are the Sixers right now? Are they a true contender? We're going to get to your calls in just a little bit. And we're also going to answer that question with one of the experts on the Sixers in just a moment. But first, when a part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. Maybe it's a drop ball. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. When this happens, the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car. But unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has $122 million parts that's a lot that way you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner ebaymotors.com let's ride it's chris carlin amber wilson on espn radio and the espn app not to mention sirius xm channel 80 let's get to some straight talk brought to you by straight talk wireless for more on the sixers we welcome in Derek bodner longtime sixers reporter for the daily six you can follow him on twitter at Derek bodner nba Derek, it's chris and amber on espn radio we appreciate your time and Are the concerns around James Harden and the Sixers that we're talking about very real, or is this something to just look at and say it's a regular season, they're going to be able to flip the switch? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a mix of both. You know, I think there are very real concerns about uh, his hamstring and the lack of burst that he has had at times. I actually thought he looked pretty good um, last night there against the Bucs in that regard. 
But certainly a lot of times here in Philly, he just has not had the first step. He has not been able to elevate in traffic the way that he needs to to have success at a high level in the playoffs. Uh, on the other hand, I think his partnership with Joel Embiid, that pick-and-roll game, how they fit has been better than expected, maybe progressed quicker than expected. So I do think there are encouraging signs, but he just you know, more often than not has not looked the part physically, and certainly you don't expect that to necessarily get better uh, midseason. There's a little concern maybe that it might take an offseason of rehabilitation for that uh, hamstring to get back to where he was, and we're talking about a 32-year-old who you could be giving – you know, one of the most expensive contracts in NBA history, banking on that improving in his 33-year-old season, there's significant concern for sure. So, Derek, you mentioned there the hamstring injury. We know that's been plaguing him for a really long time. Does this seem then more injury-related, or are there viable concerns here about how good of shape he has kept himself in? That's been another conversation around James Harden for years. Is any of that coming out of Philly? What is his work ethic like? Well, I mean, look, there's always been questions about James Harden and his conditioning that have plagued him throughout his career. Uh, he has not been the most finely tuned athlete in the world for really most of his career. Um, but I think right now the concerns are more on the scale of not coming fully back from that hamstring that he suffered last year that has been plaguing him a little bit, that he kept him out of games in Brooklyn, that he has been managing here in Philadelphia. I think most of the concern starts with that. But as you get older, as you get into your mid-30s, the conditioning and the way you take care of your body factors into, you know, being able to extend your prime factors into being able to come back from injuries quicker. So I think they're all a little bit related, but I think more specifically right now, the concern is more around that hamstring. Derek Bodner, Sixers reporter for the Daily Six, joining Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. What would be your biggest area of concern for the Sixers right now? Well, as a team, they're just not a very good half-court defensive team. Uh, and I think that, in part, puts so much onus on the uh, offense, on James Harden, to be electric, to be great, um, because they're just, they don't have very much margin for error because their defense is not good enough. On top of that, they're a pretty bad team in terms of getting back in transition on defense. They're pretty bad at offensive rebounding. The two there um, are related. But there's just they don't have very many games. If Embiid and Harden aren't being great together at the same time, they don't have very many games or very many ways to scratch out a win. Uh, you've got a lot of role players who are one-way players who do not contribute very much, whether it's Matisse Leibel not contributing much on offense or pretty much everyone else on the roster being a limited defender. They don't have very many ways to beat you. And Joel Embiid and James Harden, and to a lesser extent Tyrese Maxey, have to be great offensively because of down night uh, and they're in trouble. Derek Bodner, Sixers reporter for the Daily Six, joining Amber Wilson and Chris Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Derek, before we brought you in, we were playing a bite from Mike Greenberg where he was talking about how James Harden wants Mike D'Antoni coaching him, not Doc Rivers. That's been a rumor for a long time. How would you rate Doc Rivers' job security right now? Oh, well, Chris, you know the Philadelphia market. You know that job security is, is never certain when there are expectations in place, and this is certainly a team that has expectations in place. Um, look, after after Atlanta, the, the collapse against Atlanta last year where they th- blew three 20-point leads, lost game seven at home, you know, I think sort of like the Ben Simmons collapse co- provided a little bit of shelter for Doc Rivers, but I think he should have deserved a lot of scrutiny for that performance. If they come out here after ha- Daryl Moore having gotten his guy at the trade deadline and failed to advance to a conference finals, uh, I think there will be a lot of pressure uh, on Doc Rivers. I think his seat will be hot, uh, and I think certainly Daryl Moore could look to bring in his own guy because, remember, um, Doc Rivers was hired before Daryl Morey in that offseason. So I think there's a lot of pressure on Doc Rivers. I think the calls, um, if they do underperform another year, will be there. Um, I certainly wouldn't say that he is is the safest coach uh, in the NBA, and pressure has a tendency to do that. 
uh, and Philadelphia has a, a tendency to then ratchet up that pressure when there are expectations. Now, Derek, we see last night where Embiid's on the bench and Giannis goes off for, what, 15 or 17 straight points in the yeah. game. And Embiid made mention of it post game. You know, maybe I need to be in there matching up with Giannis in terms of his minutes. Where does the Embiid-Doc relationship stand right now? Yeah, um, it's a good question because Joel Embiid doesn't usually make comments like that unless they're well thought out uh, and unless he was really trying to drive home a point. And those comments last night, you know, where he was pointing out that he wasn't in there when Giannis was going on that run, when they didn't execute their scheme when he was out of the game, uh, they, were, they were pretty pointed, pretty direct, and, and pretty tough to interpret any other way. I think he was frustrated last night. I think this was a high-profile game. I think this was a game, you know, I think he obviously very much does want that MVP award, and I think he knows that this will factor into um, that voting. And I think there, you know, there could be a little bit of friction there from the, the playoffs last year. Um, you know, I think Joel Embiid is going to give him the benefit of the doubt to succeed in the playoffs, but it all goes back to if they underperform, um, then I think that relationship could be not necessarily fractured, but there could certainly be stress. If they get to the conference finals or beyond, then winning has a way of curing everything. Um, but certainly he was frustrated last night. That's undeniable. Giannis obviously got the best of them last night. He had that big block at the end of the game. He's very squarely in the MVP conversation now himself. Joel Embiid has been leading that conversation the majority of the season. Do you feel like he's lost a step here in terms of the MVP race? Yeah, certainly I think he's lost a step in, in terms of how it's being discussed. You know, I think Denver getting back, um, and they've struggled a little bit here. Of late, but before that, they were playing pretty good basketball um, and getting back towards the top half of the West. I think Denver closing a little bit of that gap certainly hurts the Sixers, and, and Milwaukee closing that gap does as well. You know, I think if the Sixers, you look at their remaining seven games, they have the easiest schedule in the NBA left. If the Sixers, even though a game and a half back in the East, if the Sixers come back, get the top seed in the East, maybe have about four more wins in Denver. I think Joel Embiid can reclaim some of that narrative and, and put himself back as a favorite to win the MVP award. Um, but I think right now, if, if, if the voting happened today, I'm not sure he would get it. But like I said, I think, I think some team success here to close it out, getting that one seed, putting about four games between him and, and, and Denver would really go a long way towards solidifying that, even if maybe it shouldn't, um, because I think a lot of these games here are going to be against you know bad teams, tanking teams. Um, but I think narrative has a way of, of, of driving a lot of that. He's locked in on the Sixers. Derek Bodner, Sixers reporter for the Daily Six. Follow him on Twitter at Derek Bodner NBA. Appreciate it, man. Great insight as usual. Yep, my pleasure. You know, Amber, I, I don't look at them and feel confident. There are a lot of different aspects of it. He mentioned the half-court defense. I just, I, until I see James Harden, um, really show up in the biggest of games and the biggest of moments, I'm just not going to be able to pull the trigger and believe in them. I'm just not going to be able to do it. And it's one of those things where you have to show it to me before I believe it actually exists. Well, and that's fair. I think we'd be feeling like that, frankly, because of James Harden's past, even if they were playing phenomenally here down the stretch, even if they had won all of these games down the stretch. And so then with them on top of that, having troubles here at the end of the regular season and James Harden showing that he's not quite right, whether it's the hammy injury, whether he's on the back end of his prime, whatever it ends up being. Now you really have even more concerns as we head into the postseason for that team. I'm with you. I, I won't believe it until I see it. 
Join the conversation, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. How concerned are you about the 76ers in the East? Are they still, with Harden, the biggest threat to winning a championship out of the Eastern Conference. We'll get to that and your calls shortly. Line them up at 888-729-3776. This has been Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Up next, though, there was another team on the floor last night, and that was the Milwaukee Bucks. Have we just forgotten that the Bucks are the best team in the East? At least one of us thinks so. We'll discuss next. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. ESPN Radio. I think they tend to get overlooked. And last season, even though they won, most people remember that the Nets were having injury issues and Kevin Durant was one shoe size away from sending them home in the second round. We have not given enough credit for a team that has been there, done that, and it don't mean a thing if it ain't got that ring. Frankly, we're all in one way or another, guilty of complete disrespect toward the world champions. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus as well. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The Bucks are the best team in the Eastern Conference. And I, I don't know why. Well, I do know why. We haven't paid more attention to them. And it's because they're just not a sexy team to watch. You, you've got Giannis... But then you've got a lot of guys who are the second and third and fourth type options who are not guys that you are going to think of when you think of the top, top players in the league. You're not going to think of Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday on that same James Harden level when we talk about names. And names are always going to get more attention than quality. But the Milwaukee Bucks, Amber, they just deserve a whole lot more respect than we have given them, considering they are the world champs, and frankly, they have gotten better this year. They have gotten better this year. Giannis has gotten better this this year. That's scary. I've heard it, you... It, the championship has emboldened Giannis in that regard. He has, but also he's improved his game. I've heard, I heard uh, June Lee have a discussion about how Giannis has improved on his mid-range game and backed it up with his shot chart from this year versus last year. It's remarkable that we're talking about Giannis still improving his game. He's doing things out there we've never seen anybody else do in NBA history. And you're right. He's a bonafide superstar. There are no other superstars on that team. We got so spoiled, I think, by all these big three eras, and we thought we were going to have another one there in Brooklyn for a moment. And now we spend all of our time talking about the 76ers who have two bonafide superstars, right? Right? Or the Brooklyn Nets, you know, we, we talk about the Lakers with uh, the, uh, two bona fide superstars. I feel like with the Bucks, they get overlooked. We're not having the conversation with the Bucks because, like you said, there's one. And so it's just not as sexy, the supporting cast, but the supporting cast around Giannis is very, very good. The supporting cast around Giannis is also battle-tested. They've also won a ring. They're the defending champs. I think it suits them just fine that everybody is overlooking them this season. If I'm around Giannis right now, I'm thinking, you know what? That's fine. Like, stay not talking about it. Giannis, by the way, having an MVP caliber season again 
And we haven't even been talking about him in terms of the MVP race. I know we'll get into that more later in the show. But it's been remarkable how much the defending champions have been flying under the radar. And I think that if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, it's probably exactly how you like it. Giannis is in a market that gets overlooked. He decided to stay there. It kind of suits him just fine. Be the underdog. Continue to overlook me, even though I am right now the reigning champ. Give all your attention to a team sitting right now at the eighth spot in the East in the Nets and keep sleeping on me sitting at the third spot in the East. But I'm with you. I think that they're absolutely the team to beat. Defensively, he's gotten better. He's mm-hmm. having his best offensive year. And that's incredible. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's really averaging incredible. 30. He's averaging 30. And he's come close to this one other year. But, you know, his numbers are the best that they have ever been offensively. And when it comes to the Eastern Conference, he's very matter-of-fact about it. Listen to Giannis from last night after the game. At the end of the day, I believe that it doesn't really matter uh, where you finish because you got to get yourself in the in in the uh, in, in a place mentally that you got to know that you got to compete in order for you to to uh, win the series, right? Like if you finish first and you play the eighth team, that doesn't make it easy. And I feel like all the teams in the East are really pretty uh, good this year, you know. So it doesn't really matter where we finish. We know that you know from the first series, first round, second round, third round, whatever, whatever we go, nothing's guaranteed. He's already in playoff cliche mode. I mean, <laughs> he really is. He, he, he's already talking about whoever you play in the first round, if you're the team with the top seed in the East and all that. I mean, there, there's nothing about them. Here's the other thing, too. You've got seven players who are averaging in double figures. Seven mm-hmm. this year. And I'm including Brooke Lopez in that from when he came back. But when he, since he's come back, he's been pretty good. They lose Pat Connaughton for a while. All of a sudden, Grayson Allen is shooting 40% from three. Brooke Lopez is back now. I mean, you look around, and frankly, they are just a team that is going to respond in every situation. You you don't look at them and think, eh, you know, the Bucks are going to blink here. You never think that. You, you just don't. You assume that they're going to find a way to get it done like they did last night. One thing that... It just it has to change though. What what is the what is the Giannis thing with these dad jokes? Oh, I love it. <laughs> Here's his I latest dad it. joke last night. Let's open up with a joke. Uh, what do you call a cow on the floor? Anybody know? Ground beef. <laughs> I nailed it. I landed that joke. Couldn't oh yeah, be that's gold. He came he came up with a book of dad jokes. Nobody nobody has carved out this avenue. Tell it's me like the other he's player. never heard a comedian before in his life. Well, tell me the other player in the NBA, though, coming up to the mic with dad jokes all the time. All these other guys out here trying to be all flashy. They're all fashionistas, okay? We've seen all of that. Giannis is carving out the dad joke lane. That I've never seen done in the NBA. Blaze your own path, Giannis. I'm here for it. You landed that joke. Keep killing it. Uh, it it's funny because... He mentioned in the clip that we played earlier, not the dad joke clip, but the whole cliche postseason talk clip that we played. He mentioned, oh, well, if you're the one, you still have to go through the eighth. It's not like that's easy. And I was thinking when he said that, well, yeah, it's particularly not easy this year when the eighth seed right now as it currently sits, which given these standings change every day, but is the Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant, of course. So, yes, maybe it's actually an advantage to the Bucks that they're not sitting where the Heat are sitting right now if they don't have to go through the Nets in the first round. Maybe 
maybe they'll have an easier path here because of that, but they don't necessarily need the easier path. Because like you said, this is a team that is constructed for a championship because we just saw them win one, uh, but everybody's been sleeping on them. And I don't know if everybody's ready for them because of that, because the coverage hasn't been there this season around the Bucks. but they're definitely a team that knows how to win a championship, that knows how to pace themselves in the regular season and knows how to turn it up in the postseason. And he's got a heck of a supporting cast there in Milwaukee. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Let's hit a call or two at 888-SAY-ESPN. Concerns around the Sixers. Are the Bucks the best team in the East? Steven in Chicago will start us off right here. Steven, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? Thanks for allowing me to uh, share some time with you. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm a couple things. I don't think the the Bucks are good. I give them respect, but shortly, right, the game right before the All Star game, the, the All Star break, the Sixers did the exact same thing to the Bucks. All right, they went into Milwaukee. The game right before the break, Embiid had the big game. Giannis had the secondary game. We beat them in Milwaukee, all right? So I think if you, it's fair to say if Doc would have handled and beats minutes better last night, meaning playing him when Giannis was playing, it could have been a different outcome. I- no, it could have been, but it wasn't. And is he going to learn from that? We'll see. But you can't tell me that you feel totally confident in the Sixers' mental toughness in – those kind of situations when you have added James Harden to the mix. Because well, I, I just don't feel like he's that guy. And also, to that caller's point, if you do feel like that Rivers could have done a better job, which I think we all feel like that when you pull the numbers and then look at how bad that defense was without Embiid out there and how much Giannis just went off when Embiid was on the bench, if you feel like Rivers has done a bad job there last night, why do you have confidence that he's going to do this excellent job in the postseason with the same team? Did Embiid lose more than just the game last night. We will answer that question in moments. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Join the conversation on the lines right now. Are the Sixers still a true contender to come out of the East, or are the Bucks the best team? Your answers to those questions and more. But next, we do wonder if Embiid now has a little bit more of an uphill battle when it comes to the MVP. We'll explain in moments. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. I'm not anti-country music. It's just not where I'm going first and foremost. But Eric Church, I got to say, earned a little bit of my respect. Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So if you haven't heard, Eric Church, who is from North Carolina, is a massive Carolina basketball fan, has canceled a concert in San Antonio this Saturday so he can watch the Duke-Carolina game. I believe he's going to the game now. Mm-hmm. And he has – again, it, it bears, once again, reiterating – as much as the storied history that exists between these two teams uh, is a huge, huge deal, they have never once met in the NCAA tournament. And now they are meeting in the Final Four in Coach K's final game. And I have to tell you, if I'm a Carolina fan, I'm canceling that concert too. 
I'm sending your money back. I appreciate your support. I love you. I have a chance to go watch in person my team shove it to Coach K on the way out the door. <laughs> I'm going to be there. I'm sorry. For those of you who are like Chris Carlin and are not big country fans, I don't know if you realize how big Eric Church is. So I what do. A big I deal do. This is. Well, I'm just telling the audience generally, like, what a big deal this is. If you don't follow country music, like our producer Shannon Penn, for example. I like you, it. You had no idea who Eric Church was when we brought up this conversation. He is a huge, huge star. So it's a very big deal if he cancels one of his concerts a record year one of my very favorite country songs by the way springsteen is i got a little over it drinking my hand talladega country songs if country fans know what i'm talking about but so his concerts are huge i don't care your genre i respect the move it's a power move Well, so these are high ticket events so i can understand why fans who spent their hard-earned dollars for this concert for some of them maybe it's a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to go see eric church live and now they don't get that opportunity i can understand the frustration but from Eric Church's perspective, he said, as a lifelong Carolina basketball fan, I've watched Carolina and Duke battle over the years, but to have the matchup in the Final Four for the first time in history is any sports enthusiast's dream. So to Eric Church, that's the once-in-a-lifetime that he can't miss. I don't blame him. I, listen, I get it. Everybody's getting their money back. They're getting refunded. Mm-hmm. There's no rescheduling. There's no hanging on to your money until we figure something out. It's No, you'll get your money back, and I'm sure they'll try to reschedule at some other point and put the tickets on sale again. But I have to tell you, as a sports fan, if that opportunity presented itself to me, if I lose some fans, I lose some fans in San Antonio. What am I going to do? <laughs> ESPN Radio. We just spent a few minutes telling you why the Bucks are the best team in the East, but we all know the reason why the Bucks are the best team in the East. The number one reason is Giannis, and they were there was one MVP on the court last night, and it was not Joel Embiid. It's Chris Carlin, and it's Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight. The Warriors hosting the Suns. Love it. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Amber, I I honestly believe that um, when we talk about the words most valuable player, I always want to go to the truest definition of it, who is the player most valuable to his team's success. And Joel Embiid is obviously right there. This is not a runaway situation. But if I had the vote today, I'm giving it to Giannis. That's where my vote is going. I don't have a problem with that. I have been saying all season long that by the numbers, Jokic is actually the MVP, whereas most people have been saying it's Joel Embiid all season long. Joel Embiid's an incredibly exciting player to watch. He plays in a bigger market. I think it's easy because of the market to overlook the greatness of Jokic sometimes. And so I do feel like that Embiid has been getting all the attention this season in terms of the MVP race. But when you really pull the numbers, Jokic leads both Giannis and Embiid in most every category. 
of course, Jokic has one shortcoming that's pretty glaring compared to those other two guys, and that's defensively. And sometimes we overstate how bad Jokic is defensively. He's actually better than average at his position, but he's not an elite defender like Giannis and Embiid. And so if you're trying to sparse through how to break this down, then you kind of turn your attention to defense. And if you're looking at both offense and defense, then Giannis edges out Embiid again uh, by the numbers, by the metrics, and by the advanced metrics. But I do think that some of this is momentum. And we've been talking about it with Embiid all season. And it would be Embiid's first opportunity at the award. I think that that maybe matters. It's like the LeBron effect all those years. He should have won MVP so many more times than he actually won MVP. Because we were just so numb to watching those performances by LeBron. It's kind of like that with Giannis almost. Where every year since 2018 when he won his first MVP, like every year Giannis could be MVP. He's that great of a player. But I almost wonder, because we're so used to it from Giannis, if that's why he's not going to win it. It can't just be based on what we saw last night. No, But it can be based on what you and I were talking about earlier, where he's actually better this season than even those other seasons where he was winning it. And and also, like if we looked at all the – we agree that none of these teams are the same if you take Embiid, Jokic, or Giannis off of them. They're nowhere near the same. Uh, this, the the Bucks don't have a championship without Giannis. But to your point about Jokic, the voters, according to Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA reporter, who was on first take, the voters have Jokic in the lead right now. Take a listen. As of today, the voters believe that, Jok- that, that Nikola Jokic is the, is the MVP. And the first place votes were 62 to 29. Ooh. Last time we did this poll, last time Tim did this poll, which was about maybe six weeks ago, Yo- uh, Embiid was ahead. So this last month of Jokic, where he's averaged 30 points on 61% shooting and then carried the Nuggets to a bunch of wins, has apparently impressed the voters. It didn't change my vote. And, and you know, this always happens. You vote for Embiid, people say, oh, you you don't like Jokic. I mean, I voted for Jokic for MVP last year. Look, Jokic is an incredible player on so many levels. I just, I look at the overall construct of a team, and it's hard for me to imagine a scenario where you can have a bigger impact on your team's success than Giannis has this year. And And it's about this year, I know, but the last few years. I actually think Jokic, if we're just judging it based on who's most important to their team, then I actually think it is Jokic's award because we just talked about how good Giannis' supporting cast is. He's the only superstar on that team. Fine. I think his supporting cast is better than Jokic's supporting cast. You take any of these guys off their team, then obviously their teams probably are lottery teams with any of their respective teams. But I do think what Jokic has done for his team maybe means the most there. Uh, But that's kind of, again, that's parsing through it, Chris, because all of these guys are so important to their respective teams. Look, you're not going to go broke with any of those guys, but it is a stark difference that has all of a sudden happened in the voters. And look, you can have a great month or so as Jokic has, and his numbers are staggering. I don't know that all of that would have changed my mind as drastically as it has changed the minds of so many of the voters for the MVP. It's Chris Carlin, Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio.